Hey folks, how you doing? I'm Kevin Correa, and this of course is your eSports Network podcast where we discuss anything and everything relating to the industry of eSports and kind of a different tempo for this episode today. I wanted to take a little bit of solo time with you and kind of go over the year in review. Now, 2021 was a huge year. Of course, I came on in April or so of this year, so I had a good good chunk of the year to look back through and I just kind of had to go through the eSports Network podcast archives. I went through our article archives as well. At esportsnetwork.com. Uh, Feel free to visit there if you'd like to. You can use all the episodes as well. And it's a great kind of uh, backlog we have of things that just kind of happened over 2021 that was increasingly interesting as the year went on. It was a lot of things that happened and kind of you, you, you kind of forget about the things that happened uh, in the beginning of the year a little bit more than, you know, things that happened recently. So it, it's kind of important to, to keep in mind the totality of the year, if you will. And so I'm here to kind of give out what I would like to call probably the Esports Network Podcast Awards, which is kind of awards that you know I myself have decided on. These are all of my opinions over the course of 2021s. Of course, if you disagree, sound off on the Twitter sphere on social media of your choice and let me know. Of course, the criteria for each of these categories will change. It'll be different depending on what I'm looking for in each category and what I personally think for is the best uh, in, in each category. It's, it's kind of a, a mishmash of my opinion versus what I think is, you know, the, the, the objectively right call. And a lot of it is kind of subjective. You know, people won't always agree. And that's okay. And so, I mean, like I said, if you disagree with any of them, let me know because there's tons and tons of answers out there. And mine obviously is not always going to be the right one. And yours may not always be the right one either, but it's whatever feels right to you. And for me, th- this list of categories feels right for me. So I'll go over uh, kind of, uh, I think, 10 or 12 different categories of things that happened over the course of the year that we can discuss uh, at length a little bit more later on. If you'd like to, let me know about it. But for now, this is just kind of quick hits of awards that I'm just going to give out for uh, things that happen in esports in 2021. So again, the esports pod, uh, excuse me, the esports network podcast awards for 2020 starting right now. So first category that I thought of off the top had to be the content creator slash personality slash streamer of the year award. And of course, for me, this might be uh, something a little bit more because, you know, it's obviously a little bit closer to home. And so I was able to see it more, but it obviously isn't the the all-encompassing answer that I would hope for it to be. I know it's biased, and that's why I'm going to go off top with this one. I think the streamer of the year, personality of the year, content creator of the year goes to Tim the Tatman. Now, Tim the Tatman affecting scores of people through his channels uh, first on Twitch and then moving to YouTube at some point during the year, kind of causing rifts throughout the streaming platform wars. Additionally, he moved to Complexity Gaming as well as he joined that esports organization up in uh, Frisco area as part owner, elevated not just himself to a new status, but also Complexity Gaming as a whole and now you got that backing from Jerry Jones that Dallas Cowboys money and you kind of saw Tim the Tatman take full advantage of that when we saw the Dallas Cowboys kind of let Tim the Tatman to you know hole up in AT&T Stadium and play Warzone on that gigantic screen they have right on that field and of course Ezekiel Elliott 
Cowboys running back, the star running back there, joining Tim the Tatman on that stage, playing Warzone with Tim and a few buddies of his, where the night before, Zeke and and the Cowboys lineup had just defeated the Philadelphia Eagles, beat on them horrendously, and on the off day the next day, the recovery day that's supposed to be there, Zeke Elliott, you know, he he pops on down to AT&T Stadium to play some some Warzone with Tim the Tatman. I mean, that's pretty impressive content in and of itself. Anytime you can get in front of a stage, and where it's a huge stadium at your disposal, obviously empty st- empty stadium, and there are a few tours going on at the time, but empty stadium to say the least. That's a pretty damn good content right there. And Tim the Tatman, of course, is my streamer of the year based on that stunt alone. But of course, there's a bevy of other things behind that that kind of helped elevates him as well. And of course, uh, it's just you know he, he's a fun guy to watch. Fun guy to kind of interact with, and he's you know anytime he yells, I'm sure people will just <laughs> kind of get the the what's it called the heebie jeebies like oh this guy's screaming in my ears for any and all reasons, but he's you know it's it's all in good fun. He's uh, he he knows what it's all about. He's not didn't take himself too seriously, and it's it's a perfect uh you know contender for this category that I've placed. Of course. Doesn't have to be, you know, Tim and Tamman. It can be anybody from, you know, if you like Dr. Disrespect, if you like, you know, uh, Asmund Gold or anything like that, you're more than welcome to sound off. Let me know. Now, our next category, um, I think is, is kind of more, it's more personal to me. It's more, more impactful to me and based on my experiences. Um, it was commentator of the year, esports commentator of the year. Which will go to Kickstar of Rainbow Six Siege fame. Uh, it's safe to say, you know, that if your your absence is felt throughout and beyond an esports scene, an entire esports scene, you might just be one of the best casters to have ever graced this earth. Now, of course, we tragically lost Kickstar uh, 24 years young earlier this year. He was taken way too soon from us. And as someone who was actively trying to watch and get into the Rainbow Six Siege scene, Kickstar's voice was one that I heard all too often from you know late 2019 through 20, uh, 2020, of course, as the pandemic uh, kind of grazed on. His voice was one that I heard often and kind of it was it was a staple of the scene. And so R6 will never be the same without him. And due to that, he is of course our esports commentator of the year. Of course, Kickstar, you'll be remembered remembered fondly throughout not just uh, here at the esports uh, network, but also of course throughout many outlets, many corners of the Rainbow Six uh, community. And uh I mean, there's just there's no replacing you and there's there's really no 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 moving on without you but uh, we'll try our best and of course um it's it's something that uh it's sad to hear and but you know he did, he gave us great times and and we should be thankful and and remember those times fondly and of course we have to move on here now into the the next uh category here at the esports network podcast awards the esports mobile game of the year now mobile game of course here in the west is not really you know kind of known about as much it's not touted as much it's not on the stage on the main stages but out east, it's it's pretty it's a pretty dang big ecosystem of esports out east. So the esports mobile game of the year goes to Free Fire. Now, Free Fire, of course, uh, their World Series in Singapore was the single most watched event in esports this year across the globe. Like bar none, no other esports came close. And though, like I said, we don't feel a presence in the West too much. This power in the East rivals those traditional games on PC and consoles 
easily. In fact, and the, that number I mentioned earlier being that number, but the, the the stat of it being the most watched event in esports history this year, it extends beyond this year. It extends to in in history in esports history. This was the most watched event in esports history. Over five million people tuned in at the peak of this event. Uh, Free Fire's World Series in Singapore, I mean, and over the course of the year, it was just it remained one of the most highly popular games to watch in conjunction with another mobile game uh, in Mobile Legends Bang Bang. I mentioned this on an eSports Minute last week, I believe, before the Christmas break. And I mean, it was just absolutely insane. The viewership numbers coming off of these two mobile eSports of Free Fire takes the cake here. It is obviously something else. It's the, whatever's going on Free Fire. I mean, I, I don't watch it too much personally, but I can tell if those numbers are huge, there's a reason for it. And they're doing something right uh, out east in you know, India and, and Bangladesh. Those are the big kind of mainstays. But also, Brazil was a big hub for Free Fire this past year. And uh, Spain and, and many of the Latin American countries the Spanish broadcast saw huge, huge viewership spikes at certain points, which was just like, that's insane that this is, this is now starting, starting to affect the West a little bit more. So maybe next year we'll see more mobile games popping up on the radar and we'll see a lot of things, uh, you know, change in regards to what we view as an esport moving forward. And so talking about those big events, though, the productions, the broadcasts, you know, we have to talk about the esports production of the year, the pro- production slash broadcast of the year, if you will. So, you know, obviously 2020, 2021, we kind of had a different broadcast take place. A lot of uh, lands and offline events being not so prevalent. We saw more online events than anything else. And so Riot Games has to take the this year's uh, production and broadcasts of the year. They continued their 2021 trend or 2020 trend without audiences, and they were one of the most consistent and innovative companies to lead the way. That was Riot Games, you know, from MSI to Worlds and League of Legends to all of those Valorant events with like the LCQs, the uh, the mid season uh, All Star thing they had going on was great. I mean, that that their product, their international and regional products have been consumed by almost what I guess tens of millions uh, of fans and viewers across the globe. It's, it's it's pretty, pretty well measured that Riot Games' broadcast has been very effective this past year. And so, like I said, with the the addition of Valorant, Riot's workload essentially doubled, or, or you know, even quadrupled in some in some instances. But they still knocked out the broadcast for the most part. I mean, the broadcasts were great; they were excellent. I mean, the talent they brought on was great as well. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a an esport kind of take off for, with Valorant like it did for Riot Games. And so, it's just kind of insane that this year they were you know they were pumping on all cylinders despite despite the troubles brought forth by the 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 issues of a pandemic of course you have a lot of logistical issues with the pandemic going on and riot games kind of just they, they took it in stride and developed their own online network of things and it worked off great it paid off well and so riot games is this year's esports production slash broadcast organizer of the year and now we get speaking of those broadcasts and those productions and that was an all-encompassing kind of thing for riot games let's 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 narrow that down to one specific event if i had to choose one event to best represent the year the esport event of the year has to has to go to the pgl stockholm major of 2021 now something has to be said for live and in-person events, live and in-person fans watching an esport event take place before their eyes. Of course, it's all on the screen, but there's something 
different. It's it's like a variable that you, you can't really measure it across the length of a season or a single tournament. But this year's PGL Stockholm Major for Counter-Strike, it was absolutely electric. It was one of the first major events to take place uh, internationally with you know a decent-sized crowd. It was pre-Omicron, pretty much. It was at Avicii Arena in Stockholm, Sweden, right in the heart of, of esports country, if you will. I mean, you could... It was just an insane atmosphere. It was the, the sounds, the crowd noise piercing the broadcast through every clutching moment, through every amazing, you know, beat of the, of the event. The crowd was right there with it. And it's just an, an atmosphere that can't really be explained after a, a year without crowds at these live esports events. And it was something that I really missed. And I'm sure a lot of people missed as well. This was something that we were all looking forward to. We were glad to see happen. We were glad to have. And I, I was just so. Ah oh, man, I was so enamored with with this event. I was just like, this was this is what I want esports to return to. Of course, a little bit of a downside now is, of course, the Omicron variant is kind of wreaking havoc a little bit more than we'd like for it to be. But hopefully, 2022 sees more live and in person events than 2021, and of course, 2020 did. So, of course, the PGL Stockholm Major of this year was our esport event of the year. Now, we talk about these big companies. The big money being made, the big viewership, all this, these big opportunities for, you know, these uh, endemic properties to come in and, and collaborate and have sponsorship deals with esports organizations. And so our next category is the best one of those. It's the best esports sponsorship deal slash collaboration of the year, which I mean, was it really this hard? It, it went to Team Solo Mid and FTX. Now, the biggest sponsorship deal in esports history was brokered earlier this year by these two these two organizations, TSM and FTX. You know, they came together. They pushed through a naming rights deal worth a reported what two hundred and ten million dollars over the course of ten years, rivaling the naming rights deal for traditional sports stadiums. Like, which also FTX has done their fair share of that as well. They had a hand in becoming the Miami. Heats uh, of the NBA, of course, the Miami Heats uh, uh, stadium sponsor. That, that's now the FTX Arena, whereas before it was the American Airlines Arena. Now that's FTX Arena, which is that's insane. A cryptocurrency exchange making this many big sponsorship moves, you know, this, this kind of advertising dollars out there. You don't see it too often, and so to have it come on esports's you know doors. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Of course, there are other contenders out there. There are, you know, a lot of people raising money, a lot of people making huge collaborative events and, and kind of, you know, making their own strides. But none of them, I think, topped uh, TSM FTX as, you know, moving this large amount of money in this short a time. I mean, it's essentially $21 million a year in TSM's pocket just to have FTX, you know, three other, three other letters on the other half of their name, which is that's insane. You're making it easy. 21 million. Whereas some esports organizations out there, they look at raising 20 million for a funding round or something as a great success. TSM gets it every year just based on a sponsorship deal. Absolutely insane. So TSM FTX, that is our esports sponsorship deal slash collaboration of the year. Now we get to the fun ones. These, these are the fun categories. These are the ones that I like to, to, to hear about. These are the ones that you like to hear about. It's the players, the games, you know, the events, the teams that really made this year fun, right? So let's start it off with, uh, I guess, and not really controversial. Maybe more just, uh, you know, uh, it's 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 annoying to have. Uh, he happens. It happens to be the best one again. Absolutely insane. So this year's best esports keyboard and mouse player of the year goes to one simple Alexander Simple Kostilev 
of Nadis Vincere fame. He's, of course, uh, <clears throat> their entry fragger over there, their play caller for CSGO. He is one of the big reasons Navi CSGO dominance uh, was, you know, due to the performance of this guy. Simple. After that PGL major, something happened and then Simple went on an absolute tear. Had a 1.48 KD, 400 first rounds or 400 first kill rounds that resulted in Navi winning nearly 80% of the time. Simple leading, leading it with just a kill in the beginning of that round. Absolutely insane stat that proves, you know, Simple, not just a talented player, but also a talented teammate, creating opportunities for his teammates to shine. And that, you know, that, that Navi squad was really something something else this year they just dominated like crazy and they shined like crazy simple remains the best csgo player for 2021 he is the best esports keyboard and mouse player of course for the year as well now we had the keyboard and mouse we gotta talk about the controller as well esports controller player of the year goes to chris simp lair of atlanta phase cdl squad over there chris of course uh, of course, I'm sorry, Simp, of course, leading uh, the overall favorite and best team in the CDL to their rightful place atop the throne out of the scene. Simp's, uh, his performance with FaZe, placing top two in four of the five majors they had. They wiped the floor with competitions at uh, at champs. They take home a humongous amount of uh, change in the process. Of course, I was, you know, a big Dallas Empire guy. You know, I, I'm close by. I kind of, you know, not root for them, but, you know, I pay attention to them for the most part. And seeing Atlanta phase wipe the floor with them, I was just like, man, this is this team is, is something else. And I don't think anybody's beating them. And sure enough. Nobody really had their number. Nobody could really beat them this year. And I mean, we saw that that champs uh, grand final between the Toronto Ultra, I believe, and and Phase and Phase or Phase just just dominated that that whole entire tournament. The whole time I was just like, man, this is uh, five games to three in a nine game series. Atlanta Phase, that's 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 a pretty good team, and Simp was a big reason behind that. Of course, people can cry about you know aim assist and control and all that, blah 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 blah. It's it look. The point remains to be seen. Simp is the best player on controller that we've seen in, in quite a while. And that that point will will stay. Now we move on to one of my personal favorites. Of course, the esports play of the year. Now there were a lot of them, from you know clutch ups to absolute dominating performances in a single round of CS:GO or Valorant or whatever a League of Legends clutch. A, you know a crazy kind of uh, you know, ten thousand IQ play that happened, but none struck me as hard as during ESL Pro League Season 13 Grand Final, right? Between Heroic and Gambit. Heroic is on the verge of taking the the entire tournament, the entire league by storm. They're up 15-6, one round away from winning it. What do you know it though? Uh, Hobbit on Gambit just takes out most of Heroic's squad, leaving one Cadian. 1v4. Oh, Tragedy. 1v4, your, your team's like, man, we, I guess we'll just like wrap it up. Go on to the next round. You know, the, you know. let me say this. There's a lot of esports out there to recover, and I can't always give my thoughts on every single play of every single game, but this one comes to mind for me over and over and over. It's a major championship on the line. 1v4 match, like I mentioned. Heroic's Cadian clutching up big time to give Heroic not just the game, but the tournament. Oh, oh my god, he's knifed him, and he's gotten away with the orb. I'm starting to get nervous. There's no way, there's no way. Caden, you can't win Pro League like this! You can't win Pro League like this! No way! 
Axile's left. 40 seconds and the bomb's on A. Take your time, son. You're about to make the play of your career. Oh my god, 30 seconds. Now Axile's on ramp. He's got 30 seconds to think this one through. A knife kill? You can't. Cadian. He's thinking about ramp. Jumps Tore him. Gets the info. He just has to hit this shot and he's done it for heroic. The leader. Calling well above his years, clearing corners. Oh no! You're an animal! Heroic have done it, and I just can't believe it! 40% of their team only together since February. Man, that that audio by the way brought to, uh, was uh, brought to us by ESL Archives on YouTube. Great call there. I mean, just I get goosebumps every time he says, Take your time, son. You're about to make the play of your career. And man, that's just the player of the year right there for me easily easily Kading clutching with uh with with that that last second oh man 40 seconds left i i just i'm speechless every time i see it it's just and seeing it live and and, and you know kind of right there i was like man that's that's insane. That was absolutely insane clutch up by Cadian. That is, of course, our esports play of the year. Uh, that audio brought to you by ESL Archives on YouTube. I'll link to the to that in the uh, podcast description below. But now we got to get into the esports team of the year and kind of continuing that trend of CS:GO. We haven't seen a team dominate the back half of the year anytime more like this one. Not as Vincier, Navi is our esports team of the year. They did something that has been done since I think Australis's runs in 2018, 2019. They did all that and more. This year it marked 12 first place finishes for that team, that Navi squad, including several huge victories at PGL Stockholm, the DreamHack Majors, IEM, Blast Premier Majors, and ESL. In total, they made over $4.2 million in prize money this calendar year of 2021 alone. They beat out the previous record set by Australis by almost a million dollars. Navi, absolutely dominant as an esports team. This CSGO squad, absolutely insane. I think they're about $2 million off of the total prize money earnings, uh, uh, I think, record also set by Australis, which is like, I think, roughly another another $2 million, so $7 million or so. They're, they're, they're away from that. They made a few million before, but the majority of their winnings was this year alone. I think like eight, something like 80-85% of their earnings was from this year. Absolutely insane. And this team, I mean, hopefully they don't go the way of Australis and end up, you know, kind of crumpling over the next year. But I, mean, I, I can't see any anybody else kind of, you know, holding a torch to Navi. So Navi is our esports team of the year. Now we mentioned team. Of course, the team is not, you know, the entire organization. And so the best esports organization of the year will have to go to 100 thieves now i know you're like man 100 thieves all they are is like a lifestyle gaming and apparel company no 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 listen 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 no other esports organization has been as successful on the virtual battlegrounds and the commercial ones quite like 100 thieves you know from the launch of new apparel to having their league of legends team become lcs champs and pave the way to, to worlds 100 thieves has experienced you know all that success that's unmeasured by other esports organizations this year. You know, you don't see, you know, G2 esports popping out with the crazy apparel. You don't see, you know, uh, FPX coming out with the, the crazy ones as well. You know, 
the the apparel and the lifestyle from Hundred Thieves, it's something different. And to prove it to you, you got to see they raised sixty million dollars in a Series C funding round earlier this month alone. Their t- their value as as an esports organization eclipses four hundred and fifty million dollars at this point. They are one of the wealthiest, well, at least valued, highest valued esports organizations in the world. Not to mention they had uh, content creators like Valkyrie and Courage JD. They became co-owners of 100 Thieves earlier this year, and they brought their absolutely massive following with them. And you you know, you, you don't get that following and not do anything with it. And 100 Thieves, they're they're gonna make it work for them. And you know, th- this year alone, they've raised oodles of money. Oodles and noodles of money. It's absolutely insane what 100 Thieves has done, and that's why they are our esports organization of the year. Now, it's time for the grand finale. My favorite, and of course, a lot of people's you know debatable ones. They'll always say it's their favorite as well. You know, this is uh, this is a tough, controversial pick, probably, but the esport of the year, the game of the year, the esport of the year, right? Which one is it for us here at the Esports Network podcast? For us, I think we can all agree, Valorant. Valorant is this year's esports slash game of the year, and it just I don't think I've ever seen an East an esport debut quite like this one. For most games, you always see the game released first, and then the esports kind of just kind of you know comes out at some point later. Usually it's a grassroots thing at first, and then you know, at some point the developers get involved and boom, it's a whole tournament series. Not the case with Valorant, right? Valorant was Riot's new baby. It was a new kid on the block. We didn't exactly know what to expect from them, but you know, the game from the get-go was esports ready. Riot made this known like, hey, this game is out for an, to be an esport. We're not making it anything else. We're not making it a casual experience for everybody. It is going to be a competitive game from the start. It's gobbled up by pros from other esports scenes. It was competition ready for actual like, you know, events and stuff within a year of the release. You know, back in it was released what 2020? 2021 was the year of Valorant. You know, I saw, you know, the pro status skyrocket to be what? At least an A tier esport, maybe like high B, low A, but it's it's, it's like a very prominent top tier esport. There was a mass exodus from Counter-Strike and Overwatch. We saw a lot of those pros go into Valorant instead. Kind of wanted to make their marks first, make the the biggest impact with a new game. And this is, you know, this is something a lot of players kind of think about. Like, oh, I, I want my in my names etched on the walls of this game first before anybody else does. And that's kind of my my claim to fame. And that's that's perfectly fine. And so they got their first taste of successes and victories and it was just a, an entirely new thing for an esport to experience, um, you know, right here in front of our eyes. So they had two majors, several lands, the LCQs, the uh, the you know qualifiers, the, the the spring and fall events. Absolutely fun to watch, and the game just got more popular, gained more viewership. It was rolling like a, like a, like a like a rock rolling moss. It was absolutely insane the kind of growth this game saw. Better competitions took place at the end of the year, I believe, more than at the beginning. I think the beginning of the year was kind of like a little rocky at first, but by that second half, man, it just really it took off. It was like a rocket. So this game can really only grow, and I fully expect it to be a contender for this claim, this prize next year as well. Now, that was kind of like the top prize, and here's a different one to kind of cap off the episode and kind of give a different perspective from our end of things, you know? This is what I like to call the Esports Network Podcast Choice Award. This award is basically just 
Who would we love to have back on? Who was a great guest, an awesome personality? It was, it was tough to choose. Let me be perfectly honest. We, we have great talks. We have great guests coming on here to talk to us. And I, I love every single one of them. I, I enjoy talking with, with them. I enjoy getting their stories. I enjoy uh, getting, enjoy getting their takes. I enjoy kind of just that entire industry, uh, you know, knowledge being shared between two people, you know, it's, it's interesting to see that kind of osmosis take place because I sometimes I share knowledge that they don't know about and a lot of times they share knowledge that I don't know about. I'm just, I'm kind of just like the stand in for you, the audience to get the information from these guests. And I'm kind of, I'm not playing dumb, but I'm, I'm kind of playing it up a little bit to be like, Hey, this is, this is something that kind of, uh, it matters. So I need to be sure that this is being explained the right way. And that way the guest isn't being, uh, misheard or misrepresented and that their messaging gets out on brand and everybody, everybody's happy. And, you know, the audience is happy. The guests are happy that they got, you know, so well received, but pretty much it comes down to one thing. Well, one guest really for me, it was, you know, a guest for me that I think I, I dreamed of having on the show. And I never thought it was possible. My wildest dreams to have him on. I would love. To have him back on the show. And I, you know, personally, I could listen to the episode we recorded months ago over and over and over again. I think it was absolutely fun. And so we had on Carlos Ocelot Rodriguez, of course, the CEO, one of the co-founders of G2 Esports. This was personally, I, I said it earlier, it was, it was a hard choice. But that's because we had so many guests. But for me, it was an easy choice because, you know, he ticks all the boxes. He's personable. He's knowledgeable. You know, he laughed at all my jokes. He was serious when the moment needed it to be. You know, he's, he's a guest that we loved. He's a guest that was insightful. He, he's a guest that I would love to have back on just to see what he, what he, what he's talking about. Just see what nonsense he's on now to see what his favorite scarf is. I don't know. I'd love to have him back on to talk about any, anything and everything at the same time. He's a fun dude. And I think uh, he easily, easily, easily deserves the eSports Network Podcast Choice Award. So that does it for the awards from the eSports Network Podcast. Um, I mean, it was just, it was a fun year, 2021. Uh, we'll look forward to 2022. I'll release an episode talking about what to look forward to in 2022 at some point later this week before the, the, the year kicks off, the new year kicks off. And, uh, you guys can listen to that and kind of have that a little, little scouting report your way. And you can kind of figure out what you want to watch in 2022 or what you want to see and maybe what, what you can expect from the year of 2022. And so that has been our uh, eSports Network podcast awards. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, you guys don't have to agree with anything or anything at all that I said here. You can say that uh, Kevin Carlos was not your best guest. So-and-so was your best guest. And I'll be like, you know what? That's a good point. I'll, I'll be sure to jot that down. That's a good point. Or you can say, Kevin, Valorant is, was an awful game. Fortnite was, was obviously game of the year. And I'd be like, hey, man, you're not wrong. You, maybe, maybe there's something that I missed or, or whatever. Maybe 100 Thieves wasn't the best uh, organization. Maybe Navi wasn't the best team. Maybe in the, you know, all whatever's happened with your opinion, right? Let me know. I want to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Tell me, what do you think are the best of the best of esports in 2021? As we say goodbye to the year, look forward to 2022. Let me know. And I'm always happy to hear the the, the opinions because people are always interesting with what they have to say. And it's something that I, I kind of, I look forward to in 2022 as well. So guys, that has been my time. Uh, that has been the Esports uh, Network Podcast Awards. And I'm your host, Kevin Correa, right here on the Esports Network Podcast. Woo!